You know, in all my preparation for this message this week, I found myself asking God a lot of questions. Sometimes the questions are, where are you, God, when injustice occurs? I found myself asking God, where are you when people's children die? Lord, where are you when children's parents die? Where are you when people suffer, when people struggle? Where are you? Lord, do you care? Lord, do you really love us? I found myself asking, Lord, are you, are you a righteous God? Are you a just God? And as I asked those questions, I also said, well, if you are righteous and if you are just, is it fair for you to let a person die and go to hell if they've never heard the good news about Jesus? I don't care who you are. You've got to admit, that's a good question. Well, listen, God is loving. God does care. God is righteous. And God is just. And there is no other way to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. He's the only way. So I don't care what you've been told. You need to hear the words of Jesus as he said it plainly. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And listen to this part. No man comes. No man comes except through me. So if somebody can come to heaven, somebody can come to the Father by some other way, then what does that make Jesus? It makes him a liar. And if Jesus is a liar, he can be nobody's savior. But this does put you and I, it does put Christians in a little bit of a predicament. Can a loving and caring, righteous and good and holy God Really let a person die and go to hell if they've never once heard the good news of Jesus? How in heaven's name are we to answer that question? Well, today, the Apostle Paul is going to do it for us. The Apostle Paul is going to answer that question for us in Romans chapter 1. That's on page 999 in the Bibles that are in front of you, and I really want you to follow along because I don't want you to take my word for this. I want you to hear the words of Scripture. I want you to hear the words of God as he addresses this subject in Romans chapter 1. I pray that you're going to listen carefully, and I pray that although we don't have all the answers, and I certainly don't claim to, we don't have to be ashamed 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, the Apostle Paul even begins this passage addressing that. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. Listen to what Paul wrote to this church in Rome. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone. Say, for everyone. For everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the gospel... The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, for it is written, the just shall live by faith. Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because, here come some reasons, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and his Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because, here comes some more reasons, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile. That is, they became useless in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. But what about those who die And go to hell, but have never heard the good news of Jesus. Is God loving? Is God just? Is God righteous to judge them for all eternity? Is God really loving if he would let somebody go to hell? Friends, over the next two weeks... I'm going to be sharing with you four fairness factors. Four fairness factors. Just two today, but four fairness factors that will help us to understand this question and maybe to put it all together so that we can share it with others. The first fairness factor is the revelation factor. What is the revelation factor? The revelation factor is, listen carefully, all people... Have some light. All people, all men, all women have some light. Now I want you to imagine for a second that the end of time has come. The day of judgment is upon us and upon all of those who claim that they have never heard the gospel good news of Jesus. The accusation is made. The indictment is given in verse 18. For the wrath of God now is revealed. It's judgment day. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now, I want you to imagine something. 
Imagine those who claim that they've never heard the gospel. Imagine those that claim they've never heard and they say, Your Honor, not guilty. Judge of all judges, I'm not guilty. We never heard the gospel. We never knew how to be saved. We are innocent by reason of ignorance. Now I want you to imagine the Apostle Paul as the prosecuting attorney. Paul says clearly to the judge, to the father, he says, Your Honor, I will prove that they are guilty. Your Honor, I will prove that they are not innocent because of ignorance. In fact, Lord, I will show that they cannot say that they never had a fair chance. They cannot say that they never had an equal opportunity to come to you. I'm going to call two witnesses. Two witnesses to testify against all who say that they've never heard. Against all who say that they've never known about God. Witness number one, will you take the stand? Witness number one, would you please give the court your name? And witness number one says, my name is creation. My name is creation. And the apostle Paul, the prosecuting attorney says, oh, creation, you are the witness that God exists. Yes, I am the witness that God exists For in verse 19 of chapter 1, because what may be known of God is manifest in them and God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made so that even his eternal power and his Godhead so that they are without excuse. So creation testifies to the fact of God. Creation testifies that God exists. The scriptures go on to testify in Psalm 19.1 that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament thereof. So if you have a creation, it only makes sense that you're also going to have a creator. Right? If you got a creation, you got to have a creator. And the Bible says there in Romans 1 that the creator is clearly seen by the things that he's created. He's clearly seen by the things which he created. When you look at a building, a big skyscraper, and you see that building in symmetry and balance, it has a great purpose, you got to know. There had to be an architect that put that together. When you see a design, you've got to recognize there had to be a designer in that. When we look at the universe, we see creation and we fall in awe of this creation. That's the reason the Bible says that the fool says in his heart that there is no God. Why? Because witness number one is creation. Friend, just look around you. Just look around at the macrocosm. Not only this planet, 
but the moon that goes around this planet and this planet along with many others that go around the star, the sun, and this solar system amongst countless other solar systems in this galaxy, amongst many other galaxies in the universe. The macrocosm of God proclaims his glory, but not only the macrocosm of God, what about the microcosm of God? Have you ever considered what makes up an atom? Have you ever considered what makes up a molecule? Well, of all those elements in a molecule, what makes those up? And what makes those up? And what makes those up? It's the creation of God that testifies and declares His glory. So then creation steps down from the stand and the Apostle Paul says, Now I want to call my second witness. I want to call my second witness. Would you please take the stand? Will you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? And witness number two says, I will. Will you give the court your name? And witness number two says, my name is conscience. And so we have two witnesses. We have the outward witness, creation, But we also have the inward witness, our conscience. Verse 19 said it clearly, because what may be known of God, are you following me, church? What may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. What's manifest in them of God, God has shown it to them. God is revealed in all people. He's revealed to all people in his creation. He's revealed to all people through their conscience. Now, in your Bibles, I want you to flip over to the next page to Romans chapter 2. And I'm going to bring it to your attention, verse 14 of Romans chapter 2. That verse begins, for when the Gentiles... Now, the Gentiles is just another word for those who have never heard the gospel. The Gentiles are just those people who are not religious that have never heard the good news of Jesus. So when the Gentiles who don't have the law, that is, they don't have, they don't have any knowledge of the Bible. They don't have any knowledge of the Old Testament law. When Gentiles who don't have the law do the things contained in the law, these that don't have the law are a law unto themselves. A law unto themselves who show the work of the law written right here on their hearts. Their conscience bearing witness and their thoughts either excusing or accusing them. Biblical evidence that God has shown it to us through our hearts and through our conscience. So all people... Even those who have never heard the good news, the Gentiles, have two witnesses. They have the outward witness of creation, but every single human being also has the inward witness of their conscience. What I'm telling you is this. Is that every man and every woman that has ever lived or will ever live on this planet, has a built-in knowledge of God. They may deny it. 
They may refuse it, but they have a built-in knowledge of God. There is this God-shaped hole within every human being that testifies that the Creator has made us. St. Augustine said it this way. He said, the soul of a man is restless until he finds his rest in God. We all have this same God-shaped hole. And God made us for a reason. God made us for himself. In fact, in Isaiah 43, verse 7, the Bible says that everyone, everyone whom I have created, who I've called by my name, that is, who I've made in my image, everyone I've created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. We are made for a purpose. Friend, never forget that you are created for a purpose, that you are created for the glory of God. Therefore, let everything that you do, let everything that you say, let every attitude that you have display and proclaim and declare the glory of God in your life. God made man to be in relationship with himself. He made man to know him, and until men and women do it, they're like a round peg trying to fit into a square hole. They just don't fit. They don't fit by themselves. They're made to be in relationship with God. So what's the first fairness factor? Revelation. All people have some light. Two witnesses, creation and conscience, testify that whoever they are, wherever they are, they have some light. I didn't say they have all the light. They don't know it all. But who does? Amen? I've been doing this a little while, and I don't know it all by any stretch of the imagination. I bet you, Miss Patty, with all the Bible study that she's done, Miss Patty, do you know it all yet? Not yet. She's still working on it. Amen? But we're all a work in progress. We're all learning and growing no matter how old we get. Now, here's number two. Here comes my second proposal. The first fairness factor is the revelation factor. The second fairness factor is the refusal factor. What on earth is the refusal factor? Well, the refusal factor is this. Listen up. Light refused means darkness increases. Light refused means that darkness increases. Reading from verse 21, the Bible says, because, here come the reasons, because although they knew God, that is, they recognized his creation, they recognized him in their conscience, because they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile, useless in their thoughts. And here's what happened. Their foolish hearts became darkened. Darkened. All people have some light, but some people refuse the light and they are darkened. Light refused means that darkness increases. See, you can't simply put truth in your pocket and say, Man, that's great. You can't put truth in your pocket and say, that's very interesting. I think I'll spend that someday. No. 
When God gives you light, when God gives you light, when creation and conscience speak to the heart of any person in any place, wherever they are in the face of this planet, friend, when God gives them some light, if he don't glorify God, if he or she doesn't believe in God, if he or she doesn't trust God, you know what happens? They begin to go backwards. They begin to go backwards in their relationship with their creator. They begin to lose what little light they had. Their foolish hearts become darkened. You see, in the Bible, the opposite of truth, the opposite of truth is not error. The opposite of truth is not just a mistake. The opposite of truth is not a boo-boo. In the Bible, the opposite of truth is sin. It's sin. And if a man or a woman refuses the truth, it's because sin is darkening their heart. Friend, just look back to verse 18 there. For the wrath of God is revealed against those who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now that phrase, suppress the truth, literally means to resist the truth. Why on earth would a man or a woman resist the truth and not believe in God? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why on earth would anyone resist the truth and not believe in God? Could it be that if they believe in God, they may have to adjust their life somehow? Could it be to believe in God means that they have to adjust how they live their lives? I'll say it's exactly why they don't believe. Until someone adjusts, until someone makes that life adjustment, they're just suppressing the truth. They're just resisting the truth in unrighteousness. Let's picture it this way. Picture his life here in my left hand. And picture creation and conscience testifying to the glory of God over here in my right hand. His lifestyle is going to have to change if he adopts the creation and conscience God's provided. And if he adopts the creation and the conscience that God has provided, something's going to have to change in his life. And so he's in a sticky situation. If he turns this way, he's turning from that. And if he turns this way, he's getting further and further from that. So when he says, I'll just resist the truth for now. I'll just resist the truth. And when he turns this way, he finds himself going further and further and further from God. Until at some point, his foolish heart is darkened. 
But what about those who have never heard the good news of Jesus? What about those who have never heard the gospel? Are they lost and on their way to hell? Well, these first two fairness factors tell us clearly that if they don't respond to God's urging, if they don't respond to God, Paul shows they are on their way to hell. Not because of the knowledge they don't have, but because of the truth, because of the light they do have, but they refuse. Are you following me? If you're listening, say amen. Follow me. All people have some light. All people have the same creation that you and I woke up to. We all have a conscience. Even the evil of the evil have a conscience. They just refuse their conscience. When I was doing chaplain work for the police department, I heard of some of the most Wicked things that people were doing to one another. And I heard this question more than once. He ain't got no conscience. Oh, he's got one. He's just refusing it. He's got one. He just ain't listening to it. All people have some light. That's the revelation factor. The light has been revealed through creation. The light has been revealed in their conscience. But there's also this refusal factor. Light refused means that darkness increases. And can I say that that happens amongst Christians too? See, we walk the aisle and we get dunked in the baptismal waters. But we refuse to grow. And so we don't get more and more light that we need to survive. And as we don't get more and more light that we need to survive, we too can retreat into darkness. So we're constantly needing more and more light. But what about those that never heard the gospel? Well, verse 20 addresses them. The Bible says that they are without excuse. Everything that was needed to transpire in order to draw them to Jesus Christ has happened. They woke up that morning to the creation of God. They woke up that morning with a conscience that they could listen to. And if they were to listen to creation and they were listen to conscience, then they would be drawn to God and God would find a way to introduce them to Jesus. Many people who are in darkness today really think that they're in the light. They think they're in the light. They're professing themselves to be wise, but really they're fools. Many of them think that we are the fools. Oh, they got a Ph.D. in this and a Ph.D. in that, but in the circles of God, in the things of God, their Ph.D. stands for phenomenal dud. Amen? They worship science as a god rather than worshiping the god of all science. They never stopped to ask this question. How did it get here? Well, it, ha- it was a big bang. Well, how did that big bang happen? Well, it just happened. Well, how did the stuff required for the big bang, where did it come from? 
You can keep asking that question, where does it come from? Until ultimately you arrive, there had to be a creator. But many people worship themselves. And the reason they worship themselves is so that they don't have to humble themselves in order to worship God. Many here have heard the gospel many times. Many here, many listening, have heard the gospel and many have responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there are some here who never have. There are some listening to us this morning who have never responded to the good news of Jesus Christ that saves the soul from an eternity in hell. But God has spoken to all people. He has spoken to all people by revelation, through creation and conscience, and yet still many refuse. But I got to tell you, and I want to tell them, and if that falls on any of you, you need to know that there's coming a day. There's coming a day when God's purposes for this planet are going to be fulfilled. God's purposes are going to be fulfilled, and it could be today. Have you accepted the only gift of God that he's given to spare you from an eternity in torment and burning? If you haven't met him during this decision time, I'd love to introduce you to Jesus. Let me pray for you. Thank you.